Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or a comic book-adjacent property. I am your host for the evening, captaining your starship through space of comic book shows, Taylor. Also with me is Ryan. Taylor, I'm so amped today. Why? Well, I mean... I don't know. We usually record these at... Hey, shut up for a second. Also with me is Greg. Hey, it's Greg. How you doing? This is my new persona. Same name, slightly different voice. I love that. See, that's the energy I like. Anyway, what were you saying? Three in the morning on Wednesdays? Mm Mm-hmm. It's three in the morning on Wednesdays. Do you say that, like, that's Thursday morning, or that's... How do you refer to 3 a.m.? What? Okay, like, uh, it's 3 a.m. I must be lonely. Right. That's just when I'm getting to bed, man. That's that kryptonite song? (laughs) That's several layers of anger. <laughs> but I'm not. Usually right I'm so tired because you wake us up at random times to, and we have to go down the fire pole to record this show. Yeah. This, I, I feel great right now. <laughs> you know I'm working that pole every day. Yeah. Right. Love that energy. Also with me is Mike. Captain Taylor of the SSSHHH. Oh, never mind. Mike's my favorite now. Crap. That's how you do it, boy. I'm working do- on that voice all fucking week and I can right away well listen the voice is good all right i like it a couple the notes. voice is back all yeah. right. a couple notes on the voice i wish it were like it made me feel dirtier even oh, yeah. Feel pretty dirty. yeah like i wish that your voice sounded like you had guzzled a garbage truck's dick yeah can we let's role play a little bit sure let's say that can i be a policeman you met a pretty girl named sapphire all and right. you would like her to come out to a stage that you have built i'd be like sapphire baby could you come out to the stage real quick? That's perfect. And the crowd would go wild. And yeah, the crowd would be like, woo! Listen to that timid gentleman. Yeah, <laughs> he's so afraid of ladies. I'm like, yeah, there's one thing I'm afraid of. Two things. One, spiders. Two, <laughs> my girlfriend Sapphire, baby. And I love the fact that you don't know how to DJ. Yeah. So you're just playing the cello while you're speaking that? Yeah. <laughs> but it slaps. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine Yo-Yo Ma being the DJ for a strip club? <laughs> it might sound a little something like this. <laughs> that's what have a cello you, Have like, you right? heard a cello? <laughs> yeah. Not that's... every stringed instrument's a banjo, you fucking hick. Well, I was thinking of a bass banjo, a bass joe, if you will. That's not a bass real Bass joe thing. is your cousin, for sure. Do <laughs> they have a banjo that is like the two necks of the banjo? Oh, they have. Have you to can play both. They have a. It's called banjolin. That's like a little banjo. No, banjolele. Ukulele banjo. Mixed okay. Together. No, he's talking about a super rock star ukulele yeah. banjo, and you're shrinking it and making it worse. I thought better. I thought everything was cute or smaller with big googly eyes. Not well, no, it's, not musical instruments. The smaller they get, the worse they get for sure. The smaller they get, the more likely some asshole is to pull it out at a party and be like, "Hey guys, we all know Wonderwall, but on a ukulele, right?" Don't talk about my little brother that way. <laughs> when we go Fury Road, will there be ukuleles that shoot fire up? Oh, for sure. But like little like sparkler fire. <laughs> that Thunder. sucks. <laughs> you know what? If if ukuleles came with like every time you hit a certain chord, a little sparkler would shoot at the top, <laughs> I would I would pick up the ukulele in a heartbeat. Soups adorbs. You seem like a real ute kind of guy. That's the most offensive thing you've ever told well, me. I mean, the, the pattern, doesn't he? Like he could just wander around in life singing. I, don't, I feel like I'm more of like a mandolin guy. I feel like I'm even further down that spectrum. Wearing See, one I was of those gonna broad circular. Hats. I've told you guys before about how one time I was at a bar and these two guys walked up to me and one was like, "Hey, you a student?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "What's your major?" Philosophy. And he turned to his friend. He's like, "Pay up." And the guy paid him <laughs> money. <laughs> 
What is that? I don't know what that means. Hey, man, how much you want to bet that dude's a philosophy major? Uh-uh. It's $5 right now. So apparently I just give off a vibe. Or that guy was in your class, and he just didn't tell his friend that. Listen, if you saw that dude, you would know he was not in my class. That's because he did not look like a philosophy guy. We, we, I had small enough classes that I was like, I know pretty much, like, I, there's one dude who doesn't look like he should be in this philosophy class, and I spoke to him for 10 minutes and understood, that's why that dude needs to be in this philosophy class. All the famous philosophers I've seen are carved out of stone, so I assume it's just, like, ripped old dudes with beards. Oh, yeah, they're all heavily chiseled. They're just so jacked. What a jacked profession. Oh, yeah, no, all philosophers. They're just like, the the, the bonds of knowledge can't contain them. Mm-hmm. Bonds of knowledge. So you want to be a philosopher, huh? What do you bench? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, like the weight of the world. What bench You're in. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, we're going to be talking about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. And probably not that. And probably not that. We're actually going to be talking about We've the covered preacher. that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to be talking about it in a sideways fashion with the preacher finale. But before we get to that, Guys, the most important award we've ever given. Best sidekick? No. Best character, Greg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yes, Greg. Fire, baby, don't leave. Best friends, all of us. Oh, Shut yeah. the fuck up. It's best show. Now we're here giving away the most esteemed shushy that we can award. Oh, my God. I got butterflies. Oh, this is the best show of the year. Now we have deliberated. The board has gone over. They've taken all of the shows that we watched over the past calendar year, and they put them all all in a big pot, and they decided, all right, these are the best ones, these are the worst ones, and we're going to go through all of them. If this you, is history. If you watch the footage, and it should be on YouTube at some point, of us deliberating, like I love how it's the layers of clothes. Like We were all in a three-piece mm-hmm. suit, mm-hmm. and then four hours later, just shirt and tie, and then we were all in wife beaters, sweat pouring. Like This is hard stuff. Four and now we're later, all no we're- clothes, butt tie. <laughs> I love a good butt tie. And now we're all wearing that seven-layer jacket. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, are you ready to hear your bottom five shows? It's as ready as I'm ever going to be. All right, there were 28 shows this year. Holy shit. We're heroes. Number 28, The Inhumans. Number 27, Krypton. Number 26, Fear the Walking Dead. Number 25, The Walking Dead. And number 24, The Gifted. The biggest surprise is that Fear the Walking Dead is in this category and is below The Walking Dead. <laughs> I I disagree because Fear the Walking Dead, I feel like, is every bit as bad as The Walking Dead. I do agree in that I think it is a little bit better than The Walking Dead occasionally. See, I, I, I think I disagree with that because every season of The Walking Dead, a terrible, terrible show that I hate, every season, though, there is one, maybe two episodes where it's like, shit, you guys know how to make a good show. And for Fear the Walking Dead, I would say it's maybe one time per what a, season. That's the Thanksgiving episode? Yeah. The, of course. Like, the greatest moment in TV history. Yeah, for sure. But uh, they're both just awful. The thing that I would have bet a million dollars on is that Inhumans would come in yes. last. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. yeah. I, I assume no one was surprised by that. I, I forgot, until we were all screaming naked at each other, that Inhumans was a show that three of us saw in the theaters together. Yeah, it's... Infuriating that that happened. What about Krypton? Did you guys expect Krypton to also be this yeah. low? I think I, I did, but I have to say it's probably true of that show that it didn't get a a big chance here. Mm-hmm. We were overwhelmed with a lot of other shows. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to really pick it up. Me least of all. But and it it was like I saw the first and last episodes. And there were times in both of those episodes where I was like, maybe the show would be okay, but I just had no interest in giving it a shot. 
It is a show that uh, sci-fi shows typically for us are like great we shows. Love them, yeah. yeah, I think this is the, by far the lowest rated sci-fi show we've but had. We like sci- shows that are on sci-fi that have that sci-fi tone. Yeah, and this decided to go with a closer to HBO tone, which you should never ever do, and it's boring. And that's the what what we have in the mix of the bottom five is. Shows that are so bad, they're bad, and mm. shows that are so mediocre, we can't stand to watch them. And then, yeah, that's what this is. This is this show is so mediocre that it's very bad. And I think the gifted falls in that same. There was just nothing to yeah. like grasp onto and defend. You yeah. know, it just all sucks. It made good actors boring. I what I want do want to know is like if we were four different people, four different people were hosting this show, would The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead be in the middle just because that's what people do? I think so. I think. Either you've tricked yourself eight years, this is a good relationship, I should stay in it instead of getting a divorce. We've all been there. Or you are so afraid of the fucking dirty nerds who are going to come and eat your brains. So you're just like, you know, we all liked it, right? Remember that one part? I do think that if, like, we have a we have a podcast we want people to listen to, if we were more Walking Dead forward, I, I could see there being an argument for, like, people might be more interested in... in Listening to that, Fuck them speaking truth to power. They'll be selling out. We don't do that here. Are you guys ready for your next five shows? Let's do it. All right, twenty-three through nineteen. So these are still stinkeroos, then. Yeah, not great. Twenty-three, The Defenders. Yeah. Twenty-two, Supergirl. Twenty-one, The Flash. Twenty, Arrow, and nineteen, Jessica Jones. Okay. See. Wow. That's crazy to me because those are the five most famous shows that came out this year. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess besides The Walking Dead, but like those are, there's a lot of like the grandfathers, uh, yeah, the, the pillars of our community. The CW old school shows getting just kicked in the dick. Do you think that this, do you think we're judging them harshly because we've seen more of them? Or do you think that these shows were resting on their laurels from just I think being for, around? I think all the big, the Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow for sure took steps back. And J, J. Jones. They all took steps back. I don't think Jessica Jones and Arrow deserve to be this fucking low. Well, there is another theory, like, and this is Stockholm Syndrome, right? We're forced to do this, and mm-hmm. so all of a sudden we start to like things more. But is this the mediocre card? Like, is this the two and a half show, uh, right. two and a half start, good. and then everything else like, we actually like and wish people would watch? Mm-hmm. Because I don't hate any of those shows like I do the other ones. No, I think I hate Jessica Jones. Really? Yeah, I, I think that... The show. Yeah, not not the person. Right. I like I really liked season one, mm-hmm. but I basically quit on season two because it was just it was so inflated. The, for the other ones, the CW shows, I think they're just too old. Mm. There's not a lot of moves left for the show, and there's a really dense amount of history that already exists between all the characters that either you have to know to enjoy, or that they are purposefully forgetting so that they can still have a show. Like they have too much history. This will never happen because the CW only has so many shows, and they are still popular, but I, see, I can see how all three are out of gas and could make this their last season. It I mean, never happened, but... The Flash went to prison at the beginning of this season, and the Green Arrow went to prison at the end of this yeah. season. That shows you how many, like how few beats are left. But I'm so fucking excited for all in prison. <laughs> And you have a problem. That is, that, <laughs> oh no, this is the worst thing. I think that lends itself to this is the the mediocre card because these are still shows that we enjoy watching occasionally and are excited to see what they do next. But this year they just didn't uh, they didn't bring it. I just don't have any faith that they will in the future. I don't see them as offseat. I, I am excited for Arrow, mm-hmm. but the other four I see as like now. Nah, I think they're just always going to suck. Right. Also, uh, it's worth noting that um, Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow had that crossover uh, crisis on infinite earth which 
we were like beyond hyped about. So they can still bring it. Yeah. There's not a reason to think that they can't. I think it's just they're kind of tired. They're punched out yeah, at this point. They were motivated. Yeah. In episode 21 of the fifth season of The Flash, who gives it? Like, right. writers don't care. What are we going to do? All right. You guys ready for your next five? Let's do it. Just All assume right. that we're ready. Okay. Your shows. I'm ready. 18 through 14. <laughs> 18. Outcast. 17. Runaways. 16. Gotham. 15. Dark Matter. And at number 14, Black Lightning. The show that we regarded as the wire of our generation. <laughs> Reminding ourselves. And- See, I would say four of those shows I can defend. Dark Matter, I don't, like, that's insane. Dark Matter is up here because Mike likes it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dark did you Matter pay off the higher. board? Yeah, the I, board, I did some things. I didn't hate Dark Matter, but I think Dark Matter would have been a card back for me. Sure. It, but then it would mean one of those shows, so maybe Dark Matter doesn't belong in this card, but fuck you guys, it does. But none of those other shows on that past card deserve to be above Dark Matter. I would flip Dark Matter and Arrow lickety-splickety, okay. no problem. I do like Arrow. But I also think <laughs> it's bananas that Runaways is above Outcast. Outcast should be at the top of this card, not at the bottom of this card. It's one spot. I mean, they're I, the same tier. I, th- I think Outcast was hurt by the fact that uh, we're all kind of confused by Outcast yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. and took like a two-year break. <laughs> yeah, it, they, they took a really long break, and we're just now getting into it. Uh, how do you guys, specifically Greg, uh-huh. feel about where Gotham is at on this card? Well... This whole card, if anyone thinks anything should be higher than this card, I would say there are some shows that we love and that are very high quality above all of this stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of Gotham, if that's like the sort of the, the thrust of your question, but I see its weaknesses. There is yeah. there, Half of the cast of this show I do not like. Mm. Half the cast I really like, and one particular person I want to bone down. <laughs> Sexy, smart Riddler. But um, it it has large swaths of time that there's really nothing going on. It definitely spins its wheels. this is a show that in prior years, if it were this high, I would have been furious because how did it make it? The I love when you get angry about things like this. In the long <laughs> Just view, it's chairs. amazing that it's up here. Yeah, it, so it, seeing it this high up actually gives me hope that maybe maybe it, there's hope for all of these shows. It is supported by amazing performances. Uh, the, the actor who plays Jerome, mm-hmm. uh, Riddler, of course, who I like so much, and then Penguin. So I, you know, I think that, that that does a lot. And it has a good sense of itself. Like It's not like Krypton that wants to be grimdark enterprise uh-huh. it's like no let's Not have anymore, fun with this yeah exactly i think that's how it, that's how it used yeah. to be right but now it's like no this is a this is a show that embraces all the different types of batman uh-huh. and they realized they weren't doing camp and honestly it's the camp that fucking saved this thing i think it's confusing uh if you listen to the show how it's so low because when it's good we just scream and yell about it and we spend so much time on the episode on the podcast when it's good but when it's bad, and that's really just as often, whereas like Gotham was on this week, it was fine, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And that, like, usually what happens is the 50% of the characters that, Greg, you were talking about, you don't like. Yeah. It was just, it, the episode focused on them. It was about them. And there's them. nothing to talk about. Like, it's not, we can't even talk about how it was bad in an in- interesting way. It was yeah. just boring. Yeah, and that's what it does most. I mean, I'd say it's seventy percent of the time. It's just a very bland show. But the thirty percent where stuff is happening, it's it's very very cool. Then we all go. I liked it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is it for your top, your bottom fourteen shows. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, thirteen up through your best show of the year. Hex yeah. Now we are back here, counting down 
the best show that we watched this year from number 13 up through your best show. Gentlemen, your next set from 13 to 9 at number 13, Preacher, at number 12, and I cannot bring myself to say this, Riverdale, Uh. at number 11, iZombie, number 10, Luke Cage, and number nine, Happy. What the fuck happened with this? What, what, who was in charge of this? Riverdale wasn't great this year. I think that... How dare you? The biggest surprise, I think, so far is if before we deliberated, somebody said, how many shows do we like? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest surprise. Because yeah. we would have said, I don't know, four? Yeah. Maybe three? And I would have said all the ones we watch now uh-huh. before Fear of the Walking Dead came back, and then maybe a couple more. Well, it's easy. We, 28 fucking shows in a year... It's easy to get bogged down, and when you're forced to think about the past, which yeah. none of us like to do, you just think about the hate. And then you're like, wait, there's quality shit. We spend a good year, Mom. Stop <laughs> yelling about our habits. And Preacher seems like the perfect in-between, between right. the mediocre yeah. and the good. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think that we have a 12, and I know we feel differently about Riverdale, but right. I think we have 12 solid shows we watch, which is crazy to me. Can I briefly touch on Riverdale? Yeah. I understand why it would be placed this low from some people. I read a lot of the comments online from other people who watched this season and they were like, yeah, this is just a really bad season and they're doing stupid stuff. For me, specifically in my likes, I felt like they were doing at least one entire half season that was just tailor-made for me. Tailor-made. And and that brings it all the way up. I even forgave... There were a good solid like five episodes where... It took a dump, and they decided to do this whole mobster storyline. Yeah, but even then, I could get on board with the fact that like Archie had this weird Inspector Gadget looking like imaginary friend oh, yeah. FBI yeah. agent, and, like that was crazy, and I loved it. But I understand how it would be this low. It's not a show that it's going to be loved by everyone. See, Riverdale doesn't have that great stable of characters and weak stable of characters. Mm-hmm. Like they're all the same. So Riverdale is more prone as opposed to Gotham to have six stinkers in a row, as opposed to every other one, depending on who the focus is. And I think some of their, their batting average was just so much lower than the first season. And well, I, I think a big part of it is the show wants to move at such a crazy breakneck pace right. that sometimes they'll bring up interesting ideas. Like, I think that Archie's topless gang that he formed uh-huh. was kind of an interesting idea in its own way. And it existed for less than a full episode. Yeah, yeah I wanted so much more of that. But yeah. then the fucking mobster shit was five or six in a row. So exactly. they, they don't know where their pacing should be. Well, you come up on. with a nickname like Papa Poutine, you hang on that yeah, for as dude, long you as you can. You so want to sit on that. Speaking of shows that took a little dive, iZombie is a little bit lower than we would usually put it. I think that's a shocker, but it is uh, because we're not just fanning out. We can accept when things get worse and bad and we're not going to whine about it like some people on the show. Uh, it was the worst season of iZombie by far. Sure. Yeah. And I'm also picking up a trend too because Happy's number nine. Uh-huh. And that surprises me that it's higher than Luke Cage, iZombie, and mm-hmm. Riverdale. And like when we were talking about the CW shows, I think we're seeing that newness is way important to us. Yeah. You know, it was the first season of Happy. Therefore, and not only new show, new kind of comic book show. Mm-hmm. Happy right. is not like it was not Berlanti. But honestly, I guarantee. Well, just to back up what you said, Ryan, I guarantee, no matter how good the next season of Happy is, that we will be pretty underwhelmed by the sure. sixth season of Happy. Uh, yeah. Oh, and, for sure. You yeah. know, like I mean, we're, well, no matter how much we like it, eventually it's just like you can't keep doing it. I I think we'll have this conversation again with another show that's coming up soon. I assume. 
But I think we did like Happy because it is not only a new show that we're watching, but also they're doing interesting and very well done things that mm-hmm. we haven't seen in other shows yet. Like we don't have a like CGI uh, like in, in the, uh, what do you call them? Imaginary, Im- imaginary friend uh, in any of our other shows, and they're doing interesting psychedelic stuff. But if they keep doing that for, you know, three more seasons, that stuff wears off and we're left with just right. the story. I'm not shitting on us and saying that we're tricked by the new. Right. I, like, I think that we are the four greatest TV critics of all time. Granted. I'm just saying that the old is old and well, yes. it's hard to take. It's, I'm so sick of old character. T- TV is perfect to adapt comic books, but you shouldn't try to do the same beats <laughs> yeah. because I don't give a shit about Batman anymore. Anytime I hear he's getting married to Catwoman, now he's not. I do not give a fuck. You cannot do anything to that character that makes me go, you've changed how I feel about an 80-year-old character. Give me Kamala Khan. Fuck Batman and Superman and Spider-Man. Whoa. Whoa. Well, Spider-Man. Whoa. Oh, Spider-Man. Okay. All right. Your next crop of shows from number eight to number four, gentlemen. Starting at number eight is Lucifer. Number seven, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Number six, Legion. Number five, The Punisher. And number four, Cloak and Dagger. Okay, so this card is full of surprises. Yeah, yeah dude, everything about this is crazy. Can we Don't go through it. them one more time? Yes, so number eight is Lucifer. I say low. You think you think this is low for Lucifer? I, I know that you guys thought it ran out of steam, or maybe you guys ran out of steam for it and it was perfect the whole time, but uh-huh. I, yeah, I think low. Uh, and they fixed it. They, they, they're the ones that dip. They The Sugarman stuff... Was dumb in the beginning, Not and then great. they were like burst out of it. Yeah, they fixed the literally. Garbage. He burst he- through a building with <laughs> the wings on. Uh, your number seven was Agents of Shield. This is me and Mike jerking yeah. off, like yeah. for sure. Yeah. But they also the the pods are still working, so you, you might have a, a dead pod or a pod that runs out of steam, and then you move the fuck. Mm. That is, I think that is the best thing that all of these shows yeah. can learn from Agents of Shield. What is it? Six to eight weeks, and then we're out. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and adding bounce. Deke and. Changing fits in a way that makes sense. Finally, getting rid of fucking Ward. Like it, this show rules. Did you like Deke? I love Deke. I thought he was a bit of a lemon. <laughs> Number six was Legion, <laughs> and so this is iZombie, Jessica Jones, like disappointing second. So, and I think that is it wasn't so bad, but how up we are the year before. Yeah. Then you think of it and go, fuck you. It, it, it was obviously st- last year's winner. Yeah. It's still the sixth best show that we watched this yeah. year. Like It was still a very good show, but it doesn't have the shine and it wasn't as good as the first. I'm season. stoked about next season. Yeah. I mean, I think next season, if they really do the keep with the heel turn mm-hmm. and give us at least one season or maybe the rest of the show with him as a baddie, and you, all, that. you really think that they're going to explain the Hulk hands in the third season. So Listen, We're for gonna... my birthday, I got a mug that is a Hulk hand, and that I felt was sort of like a Chekhov's gun type <laughs> promise. I heard there's going to be an episode in between seasons two and three that's 20 minutes long that just really dives into the history of the Hulk hands. <laughs> uh, your number five show was The Punisher. Yeah, it still sounds crazy, but then I just have to remember how much I liked it and how yeah. I liked the performances of basically everybody in it, and it... I think a lot of these Marvel shows try to be serious and don't do a good job, but The Punisher did a really good job mm-hmm. and then still managed to be funny. I well, think this is the number one surprise if you had asked us what we thought of these oh, yeah. ratings a like ago. a year ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was the first Netflix show that was slow. Like It, it was character-driven to tackle uh, like a point, like yeah. PTSD, as opposed to... Because I think this is what good shows do. Uh, and I do think it's the biggest... Uh, I don't know, greater than the sum of its parts. Like yeah. I, each individual episode, we did complain a little, and 
found boring parts. But looking back at the season, it really, like, it was cohesive. It created something, you know? And it rehabbed a boring-ass character. Yeah. And made him fucking fascinating. So speaking of uh, creating and bumping up sort of boring characters, number four is Cloak and Dagger. This feels like recency bias to me. I It does to me because I was never as sold on this show as, uh-huh. as everyone else was. But I do... I do understand how you could love this show. Like there were great moments in this show, but that sail away cover was. I think yeah. made it, it should have been number one because of that. We can't we can't say one terrible moment. Like you said, Riverdale had six episodes in a row that sucked. So right. one shitty moment can't. I it, it was surprising to do. Happy is not a superhero show, so it can surprise us because it's a different kind of show to do a superhero show and completely change it and have to compete with Runaways, which they could be the exact same fucking show, but instead, here's how you make a good one. Yeah, uh, if you look at the arc of our enthusiasm about Runaways, it started off higher than Cloak and Dagger mm-hmm. and dropped off pretty quick. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, it would start. I started off a little skeptical. I was like, that's pretty impressive, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do this over the course of an entire season. And honestly, I felt like it got better and better. And I was just really impressed with the artistry of the storytelling mm-hmm. of it. The, the fact that they went for, there's two heroes, so we're going to do a lot of doubling. And all the different ways they found to do that was really just very, very impressive. Having said all of that, Ryan, you are 100% right. It's because we just <laughs> finished yeah. watching it. Or you know what it is? Maybe instead of that is, like, it came out in the summer, and so we all got to focus on it. Mm. Whereas Krypton, and I'm not saying Krypton's better, but it came out when we had 12 other possible shows and to watch. And we're exhausted. Yeah, how can we do that? Whereas, like, we, at least the three of us, I don't know, Taylor bopped in and out, but the three of us, like, watched every episode yeah. and were super into it. I don't... I, but I do feel like that takes too much away from it. Right. Like the amount of wasted time that show had was like didn't come close to any of our, our it, other shows. It has the least wasted time yeah. I think of any of the shows we watch. I mean, it is so narratively tight, and at no point does it just dither around. I I, I think it's used it dreams inventively for the first time. Uh-huh. And who does that? Come on, everybody does that. Also, it took two characters that everybody knows about, Cloak and Dagger, and really elevated them. Well, I mean, like Punisher, you're starting off with one of the most popular comic book characters, but for them, like. People aren't that interested in seeing what's up with Cloak and Dagger. I think both of those shows, though, did the same thing in very different ways, is let's take the bones of this character, but actually make them matter for a televised format. Yeah. And they did it in different ways, but take what works and fuck the fucking 60 years of history. And it's also the first Marvel show that thought of the beginning, thought of the end, and used the appropriate amount of episodes to get from point A to point B. All right, now moving into your top three. Ooh, boy. Coming in at number three, the bronze shishi <laughs> is Winona Earp. So, Greg, you were a big part of this. We were all very nervous uh-huh. yeah. that you would yes. hate it and then, yeah, vote it out. But I feel good at number three. Yeah, I, I really, really like the show. I, maybe because I'm new, maybe that I kept it from going even higher. But uh, it... it we don't have a lot of shows right now, but I watched the first episode of this season, and it's been like appointment viewing since. So, it's it's a solid show, and especially because we considered the end of last season and the beginning of this season for this. And last season they did like most shows that we watch. If they have a freak of the week format, like uh, like a Lucifer or something like that, they keep that going for several seasons, and then eventually they build it up and move on. Second season, this show, they were like, we're pretty much getting rid of it. And this season, it looks like they're not even going mm-hmm. to like even attempt a Freak of the Week. They're just like, this is, we have an arc and we're going and these characters are going to handle it. And I think it's doing it really well. But 
Freak of the Week is my least favorite thing, maybe after Dreams for a TV show to do, and I'd be totally down. If they decided one, like in the middle of the season to do it, fuck yeah. Because this they is, handle everything great. This is the show that can make banana liqueur a running joke. <laughs> like they, they only have to do it like twice, and it's like, yeah, okay, or I'm s- down. Save up three years of Winona Earp Christmas stuff, and then just bang it all out in one episode. Oh, in September. <laughs> like that's just it's such a like they can do whatever they want and make it work like even the stuff that in other shows we would look at and go oh that was a very like cringy line like why did they write that they know that it is and they're gonna put it in there and give it to melanie scrafano and she's gonna make it gold no other show can make me feel distraught for a character and know where he's at because he shaved his mustache but now I feel sad for Jeremy. I want to give him a hug. He's in a exactly. troubled place. The other thing, too, the, I think the main reason this show will always hold a special place in our heart is it's not number one. I get that. But it's drum is the one that we bang the loudest. Uh, the discrepancy between us and the rest of the planet as far as who is watching this and mm-hmm. loving this feels like the biggest gap. Yeah. You know, we can. There's other shows that we like, but viewers are out there. We can go find them and talk to them. You know, this show... Man, we, it feels like we're alone on an island for this entire time. This is the one that I want to knock on doors and get yeah. people to watch. <laughs> Have you heard the good word? <laughs> All right, gentlemen, your number two show, The Tick. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very happy. I'm happy that this happened. It's, it's such a good, like, if you told me that a show based on The Tick coming from Amazon the was The third show. Yeah, yes. It, like, it's, a, like, what more can you do with The Tick? They figured it out. Also, uh... It, the first season was divided into two parts, so they were each six episodes long. Each episode was half an hour. <laughs> oh, man. That's so tasty. You never get tired of this show. You never wish that it would move on. You never wish that it would just be over already. You never even check to see how much time is left, which even on my favorite shows that we watch for this, I still occasionally <laughs> like, let's see how much time we got left. Oh, okay, half an hour. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is usually if we get a half hour show for this show, I'm like, thank God we can get in and get out. This one, I was like, I want more. Every time, yeah. Because they would release it in six episode chunks, and those chunks are all put together less than the length of an average movie. But also, uh, uh, a tight ship. It's a fucking sitcom, but it's narratively yeah. tight. They'd not waste an ounce of fat on that tick body. Oh, it, and it's, it's good, it's quick. And they know how to get in, have a side character that's a boat, uh-huh. and, and not hinge on that, but still give him enough spotlight to make him, like, number one sidekick. It's it, the first show that we've ever covered where I was like, what? But I want to watch another one. Yeah. That's yeah. never happened before. Um, I also think that it was, like, perfect timing for us right now to come out because it does shine a light on all the tropes that we like and hate mm-hmm. together but not in the exact same way that we, the four of us, have seen a billion fucking times through superhero parodies, movies, TV shows, comic books. There's new light added to the light that it's shining, you know? Or at least weird light. And That's what to, we really need. I have to say, it elevates tick humor. Mm-hmm. Because both the cartoon and then the original live action, it's like a very specific type of humor that is often like funny adjacent. <laughs> this show is actually funny. Funny through dialogue, funny through characters, and not just because it's people in costumes sitting, right. eating at a diner. Well, it's character grounded to shit versus a lot of them like, he's gruff, you get what he is, right? <laughs> and then they're like, no, there's three-dimensional characters in these costumes. And it doesn't explain shit. Uh-huh. There's no. so much going on in this universe that it's just like, wait, what? And it <laughs> won't tell you, and because it does that, the universe feels very, very big and complicated. Your number one show, The Ward, for what the golden shushy. For best show, surprising no one in this room, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, boy. Bebo, 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 Bebo. 
are we at all like was is, is this boring like is it kind of boring this came in first i don't think so because it's there's a high cheese factor yeah and i think that anyone ranking stuff is prone to just say well but like something like legion has to go above it you right know? yeah right. something serious has to go above it and and talking about shows that have fallen off because they've been around this is if you told us season one of Legends of Tomorrow that we would even <laughs> passively yeah. enjoy it while it was on. Like if something good happened to us extra to that and we uh-huh. would still feel good, we would have said no. But this show figured out what was wrong with it. It corrected it and it moved itself up. And it's been uh, because we said all the Berlanti verse is what's falling, but it's been around just as long as Supergirl. Exactly. But it's going up while Supergirl's going down because they, they tweak the not. Because it's got a big, dumb cast. They just keep making everybody dumber, and that makes the show better. The number one success of Legends of Tomorrow is that they can take characters that other shows have no idea what to yep. do with and are our least favorite part of those shows and elevate them. They made Wally West a good, interesting character that I enjoyed watching. I remember when the season three premiere, we reviewed it on the show, and I was just I just needed to watch fewer shows, right? I just needed to cut shows. And after one episode... You guys, you're like, you fucking idiot. You have to get back as soon as possible. Like, there was such a season three change. Even though season two was good, better than the first, season three was incredible. Recently, uh, my time hop popped up a conversation that I had with Mike and Ryan around season two of this show where they found an episode, like the first episode where we really got Legends of Tomorrow and they rated it number one and I screamed at them because I was like, (laughs) how can you possibly do that to this show? And now it's number one and I don't care. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Me and Ryan are just prescient. Mm. We see the future. We're like the Steve Jobs superhero shows. Did I tell you guys about my best friend that's not on the show, lives in Seattle? I think we've heard of this person. Okay, uh, married, two kids. Already has married to kids. That's wrong. Married yo. to two, but if there's two, oh, yeah. the ages add up. Do they stand on each other's head? <laughs> of course, not on shoulders. Stand on head. Right. That's hard to do. Um, he already knows that the girl wants to go as Supergirl and his son wants to go as the Flash, and his wife is going to go as White Canary, Sarah Lance, for Halloween. <laughs> and he said that he has no choice, but he's going to build a Bebo costume and go <laughs> as yes! Bebo for Halloween. That's fucking awesome. So I'm never gonna have kids because how could I compete with that? Like, yeah. there's no way I could be a dad that good. Yeah, just close it up, dude. Just get the snip now. Kids. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to Legends of Tomorrow and the entire crew. You have earned it. Guys, come by, pick up your award in the studio, and we will shake your hands and buy you all the drinks you want. Guys, that's it for Shushy Season. We did it, man. Oh, we man. got it. We did it. We ranked all these shows. But, it's so about, we start in two weeks next yeah, year? It's about yeah. time to start over, yeah. Yeah, so tune in next week where we'll be doing whatever else, but... If you want to listen to more interesting things, uh, Ryan, tell us about uh, other podcasts that you enjoy. My favorite podcast, besides this one, is Movie of the Year, which every week, me, Mike, and Greg figure out what is the best movie of any given year. We take 10 weeks to do it, and right now we're working on 2004. What is the most 2004 movie of 2004? It's a very good show, and I really enjoy it, because it reminds me, what movies came out that year? Mm -hmm. And there are so many that I forgot, and there are a lot of good ones and some garbage ones that people think are good. And what's interesting is it also becomes about the year, and Mm -hmm. so it's weird the way you become like an expert, because you do a lot of research on just a year. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff I know about 99 from hosting the show, and that's not useful, but it is interesting if you want to like sort of go back in time. In fact, 99, no 9-11. No 9-11. Most people don't know that. Mike, <laughs> if you don't like really good movies and instead like garbage television, what's a show that you might listen to? If you like one of the most underrated, best TV shows that is 
too oft not talked about these days, you should check out the OCD where Ryan and I go through episode by episode of the OC. We relate our experiences being some chuckleheads growing up in the OC. We talk, we dig deep into all the escapades of the noopsies. You know, you and I watched an episode this morning, episode 17, I think we're mm-hmm. on. Do you want to just do an episode right now? Like yeah, during this I'm commercial? Yes. Yeah. No. Point of I, order. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to shut that down right now. It is, however, a good podcast. I hate the show, The OC, but I love the show, The OCD. That hurts me, but I'll take that praise. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hate no. the show, good cast. I'm only on one of them, and that's the one he likes. And you guys have had a bunch of very good guests. That's true. So we had a string of great guests. Good guests yeah. there. So if you love those shows, if you love our show, you should go check those shows out. You should also check out Writer's Block, where Mike talks to other creatives and writers, and he asks them very serious questions, and it's actually really interesting, and not just, you know, fun talk-around times like we have. Do you it's like the OC? Do you like the OCD? Yeah. Things like this. Yeah. Uh, or you could listen to Taylor Talking Taylor, where I just sit with myself, or sometimes a guest. Tune in next week for a, a, a secret guest. Uh-oh. And we talk about other Taylors of note, because I'm very self-centered. Are you ever going to rank all the Taylors? I think so. I think after episode 100, I'm yeah. going to do my top 100 Taylors. Does Elizabeth Taylor count as a Taylor? Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. She's definitely in there. So if you want to talk about Elizabeth Taylor, Greg, hit me up. We'll do a special episode. O-G-E-T? Yeah. All right. That is it for a podcast that you should listen to. Now, we're going to move on to the main event for the evening, the Preacher finale. This week on Preacher... The sandwich Nazis try to rescue Hitler, but fail in a poorly CGI'd massacre. <laughs> Tulip gets saved by God, who tells her to go after Cass because he's in danger. Meanwhile, Cass has turned the other enfants into vampires, and they stage a coup to eat his boyfriend, before Hoover <laughs> and the Grail show up to steal a house. Mean, meanwhile, Jesse uses the voice to beat the shit out of everyone at Angelville, then kills his grandma and condemns his soul to hell. Also, the devil is dead now. Gentlemen, I ask you this. <laughs> at the end of the Angelville arc... Did Preacher finally shake its season-long pacing issues? Like, I say yes. Are we excited for season four? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because like, the past two seasons have been good ideas, a huge dip right in the middle, and by the end of the season, we're ready for it to just like be over. Did you feel that way at the end of this season? I think so, yeah. And I think the back half of the season did a good job of not having a boring storyline. Mm-hmm. Like Jesse's was the most, right? Yeah. And I was fine with it at that point, so... I didn't really notice it like I did, certainly the first season, and less so the second season. I think they're getting better at minimizing Jesse's role in the show. And I think they figured out that like the best part of having Jesse around is... Folders him. in your cup? <laughs> yes. And also just having him say things and figuring out a way to make people do those things. Because it's always entertaining every time. Well, I believe Tulip and... Cassidy won Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress Shishies, and yeah. Jesse was not nominated, so writers are catching on. Yeah, and splitting them up actually turned out to be a very cool thing to do. This season and this episode belong to Cassidy. Yeah. Oh, my God. This guy. I think I have a new sexy, smart Riddler. You oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. I have a major boy crush on this guy where I'm not sure if I want to be him or if I want to be with him, but they started dressing him differently and shooting him differently. And he is such a snack. And (laughs) he's such an interesting character in a way. And I'm going to say something that I don't know if it counts as sacrilegious or not. But this, he and Tulip, I do do not want to read the comics again. I don't want to go back to comics Tulip or comics Cassidy. And I certainly don't want to go back to the comics version of their relationship. Everything about the two of them 
is canon for me. Like, these are the best versions mm-hmm. of these characters. Comics cast was cool, but weak and knew it and then would try to not be and then would still be weak. And it happened over and over and over again. And to, like, crescendoingly terrible results. Yeah. Like, halfway through that book, he's the worst fucking mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And this cast is still weak, like, has weaknesses, but he's trying to overcome. He's trying to be a better person, partly because of Jesse, partly because of Tulip. Yeah, and it, so it's so much more three-dimensional than the comic. Well, th- th- there's, like, an unspoken rule in the comics that the other two weren't allowed to grow cooler than yeah. Jesse right. or more interesting. <laughs> and this show's like, I don't know, we have a big three. Let They all can fucking grow, and these two are happen to be growing faster than Jesse. There was a super great moment in this episode where Tulip calls Cassidy, and she's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm fine, but the, just like he has like a little tiny breakdown. Oh yeah, just like over like everything, and it was like so like hit the actor is good, but I felt it in, on the character level. Like the show sold that I mm. care about this vampire who's a fuck up and like b- bad at stuff. Well, what's awesome is because he's a hundred years old, he's been depraved the whole time he's a vampire, and probably before the thing he hasn't tried is being a kind of decent dude. So now uh-huh. he's like exploring that, and it fucking it, it's interesting. And it seems true to him yeah. when he does it. That seems like the version of him that really exists. And the in the comic book, Cassidy does have like an interest in Tulip, although it always kind of seems like he wants to just take Jesse's yeah. girl. Because mm-hmm. I guess that's what you do. I guess that's what you want. <laughs> but in this... Any Jesse that has a girl, someone yeah, wants someone that girl. Wants but in this, it's like he legit loves her mm. and she legit loves him. Like, it may not be that she loves him more than Jesse. Yeah. It may not be that she loves him exclusively romantically, but she clearly does mm-hmm. love him romantically. But they made that so much more interesting. That love triangle is so much better. And to... To bring it back to the phone call, as you said, that was like the, he earned the award that he had already gotten from us with that phone call because it's it's not that in that moment anything that bad was happening to him, but it was like that was the fi- that was his real chance to catch his breath and be like, holy shit, I just like developed a romantic relationship with this guy and then fucking killed him. Yeah, like- I'm a little unclear on Tulip's feelings towards Cassidy, mm-hmm. and the best thing that I would say would probably be that. She doesn't want to be with him and not Jesse, but sort of like it's she's a vamp hag and uh-huh. he gives her a lot of what Jesse can't because yeah. he's so closed off and walled up and kind of a dickhead. Right. But yeah, Cassidy's true love for Tulip is so much better than her, his from the comics. Like, I just want to be Jesse yeah. and you're with Jesse, so I want you. But also, if Tulip, Tulip uh, giving him some hope while meaning it, sort of. It also makes that she also does shitty things, so it's not just the two dudes doing shitty things. She's allowed to be a piece of crap sometimes, too, so mm-hmm. they're all interesting and fucked up, and just they love each other the most out of these three people out of everybody else in the world, but they're also constantly dicking over the people they love the most. Yeah. And it feels like the show finally realized, fully, like it's been dabbling in the first two seasons, but fully, that we'll let you, we'll put up with like your Nazis and your Hitler and your uh, devil, like your you know bureaucratic devil and uh-huh. all this shit, all the wacky stuff. If you give us three characters, or in this case two, I guess, mm-hmm. to send like that will ground the show. Otherwise, it's all stupid. It's all equally stupid, and nobody cares. Yeah, I have a question, uh, and this might be getting into the the nitty gritty, the details. But so, in the end of the show, the Saint of All Killers shoots the devil. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Hitler happens to be standing in the office, 
Is that how, and then he get so now he's like the prince of hell. Mm-hmm. Is that how that works? I think so. Well, is that I, just whoever happens to be around the door, the chair? The eyeless demon could have taken over, but I think she realized she's a good number two. Yeah, and, and can't just, see where the chair is because she's <laughs> so yeah. You have to sit in the chair. She's death. Watch right? the throne. Is that yeah? yeah. She's the yeah, angel I think she's of the death. Angel of death. And, right. And so Her against humanity. Bureaucracy sucks, and she saw his interest and went. Well, he does have. Leadership. He's gonna be evil. <laughs> he did run a sandwich shop, and now that I think about <laughs> it, the Third Reich. So I think he could probably do this. I did really enjoy the Angel of Death in this episode, like talking smack on the Saint of Killers. Uh-huh. Yeah, talking smack on the Saint of Killers, and then after her eyes have been ripped out, just bumbling around and running stuff into uh-huh. people. Like that was just a really, it was a good bit, and I appreciated it. She throughout this season, uh, I had very weird feelings about her uh and then when her eyes were taken out i finally overcame that i finally <laughs> oh, got over I, my weird feelings yeah, the yeah. opposite yeah it really it's twice as bad it really like i enjoy like her attitude is great and her voice is great her weird buffalo bill voice yeah it's just it's fun but Won't I, you kill me but like Art this episode made me like the saint of killers mm-hmm. like i feel like they really sold him super short they the finally got show. this episode they finally got him yeah they figured out like here's how you make this character fun and interesting and now i'm okay with i'm Is actually it- okay with the next season what they're doing with saint of killers hitler and possibly Eugene. Yeah, I'm down with Eugene's heel turn and being like, fuck Jesse, because he sent me to hell and left me there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That probably should have happened a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, that, that sounds realistic to I me. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I'm super bummed that Hitler now has a new thing to do. Like, right. I don't want that storyline. But with Saint of Killers, like, we need, even though it's like a goofy thing to do, we need a true north. We need, like, yeah. morals that a mm-hmm. character has. And we saw so much more than just. Yeah. Uh, Somebody who was even more um, a more robotic Terminator than even the Terminator, you know? Yeah, he now has he's lines. Yeah, and now that they're treating him like he lives Barry style, killing the devil, it's very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's an obscure reference. <laughs> That's for most yeah. of you guys. Yeah. I <laughs> don't get that. Go ahead if you're at home and Google that. If you're driving, wait until you can pull over. Or you know what? Ask or Siri just be to careful Google it to you. Or if you're an Android person, Google Assistant. <laughs> They're both essentially the same thing. Just ask Sir or tell Siri like uh, killing the devil. She should say <laughs> Barry Power after that. One thing that I was sad about was what did you guys think of Goth Hoover? He only oh, exists man. on the show for I, like two oh, minutes. I'm bummed he's gone. That yeah. was so disappointing to me. I can't. I can't believe how sad I was when uh-huh. he died. How do you guys think they're going to clean up those ashes? <laughs> God damn you. God with damn a, you with, right with a Hoover? Uh, with a Hoover. Right oh, I get it. I get it. At first, I was like, what do you mean? I like. I so loved Goth Hoover. Like, when he walked in, he was like, Hoover? And she was like, Hoover? I was like, don't worry. He's cool oh, yeah, now. And everyone was just like, Hoover! I was like, Hoover! I was like, oh, yeah, I love cool Hoover. Don't If you're a vampire, Hoover. don't betray vampires yeah. for fucking humans. That's such a bad call. The humans will always attack you back. <laughs> I did really enjoy, though, the interaction where he's like, why do you have that hat? He's like, I'm a vampire. I told you. He's like, I thought you were joking. <laughs> I thought you were joking. So now I'm going to kill you. Oh, man. When Hoover died, I was so bummed because I was so excited for Vampire Hoover all next season. Yeah. He's, he's became one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's such a goof. Uh, can, can, let me shit on one thing real quick yeah, because this is the last it. time we'll be able to talk about him. And so Cassidy is an upgrade from the comics. Mm-hmm. But I was so disappointed in Jody. I remember yeah. reading the comics and thinking that he was a fucking, like, just so frightening and giant mm. and inhuman almost. Yeah. And this was just like a sort of slow turd that waddled around. That ha- seems like such a missed he, opportunity to me. He was inhuman. Like he 
could get the shit kicked out of him, get up again, and to the point where I thought they were going to deal with a spell had to have happened on him, but instead they didn't explain it. And not like, ooh, isn't that mysterious? It was just like, Okay, you're coming ooh, with ooh, the character like built into the characters. He killed Jesse's father. Right, yeah. that's so much of a runway and nothing. They nope. would just glare at each other. Yeah, and I don't. Not a thing. I personally don't get why Jesse had to beat him up. Not use the voice. Why he had to not use the voice? And also, that would have really exposed Jesse. Grandma has like this handkerchief with his blood on it, so she could just like like flip that around and like mm. crush him. And he obviously, he makes it very obvious he's in the house. I don't know why she waits, like, the final boss in a video game. Well, a, a video game, because right before he goes into Grandma's, uh, Jody says, you got to get through me first. And yeah. it felt like a warm Mid-boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it does line up, and this is maybe more me than the show, is Jesse would beat up Jody because that proves he's a man and he's really defending yeah. his dad's honor. And his grandma doesn't fuck with him because she thinks she could manipulate him even longer. Yeah, I get that. him. But man, as soon as he shows up with a voice, yeah. you got to just kill him right then because he's basically unstoppable. I think that's why this season he didn't have the voice for the entire season yeah. because it's like, what do you do with somebody who can command you to blow your brains out? You, I mean, you can put in earplugs, but nobody <laughs> seems to want to do that. All right. They just they're gross. They get earwax all over. That's them. true. Makes you feel like you're underwater. Preacher has a weird habit of burning its settings to the ground, so you know yeah. you don't have to ever go back <laughs> there again. We're done with this level, which I appreciate. <laughs> we'll find out what they burn down next season when it comes back next summer. That is it for Preacher for the week. Mike, tell us about Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash yearpopfilter, that's the best and easiest way to support us. You get to pick your tier. You want to give us a dollar a month, you get articles, you get bonus content, you get fun stuff. Five dollars a month, you get extra shows, even more Bobo, Coco. Uh, if you want to make us eat garbanzo beans for is it a month, a whole month of nothing but garbanzo beans, mm. you get to do that. So How much I, is that, like nine dollars? It's stupidly low. It is insanely low. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- there's all kinds of fun shit that could happen. Ryan will draw you a picture of anything you want. I hope the garbanzo beans tier is so low that we actually lose money buying all the garbanzo beans. <laughs> we used the petty cash for that, yeah. and now it's spent. Yes, please donate to us on Patreon to make us do stupid things. Now, we're going to move on to the poll list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watch this week. Here in the pool list, where we talk about every other show that we watch this week, starting it off is Fear the Walking Dead. This week on Fear the Walking Dead, Morgan meets some nice folks named Wendell and Sarah who have been leaving supplies for folks, but they are also kidnappers who demand to know the location of other survivors, so it's a good news, bad news situation. After abandoning Morgan and leaving him for dead, they have a change of heart and agree to help the Texas folk in exchange for the location of the Virginia community. So, gentlemen, WTF, am I right? The Virginia community, if it's not clear, that's yeah. Rick in the game. That's, yeah. So, like, they just keep bringing up the Virginia community. Yeah. And I feel like that's their their hook for this season is we're just going to keep talking about it. Remember that other show? Season finale is that you're going to see them, like, look over Alexandria or something, right? That's what yeah. it feels like. Everyone expects that to happen, so maybe it just never will. Yeah, but that, that's my concern is they're bringing it up so much. Yeah. And, like, the first episode of this season was them going, oh, I'm, I'm heading out. I'm going to go back to Virginia. I feel like it's never going to happen. What's, but, what's the end game of helping some people to kidnap other people? Are you just trading up, like, to get better, better people? He's trying to save the new group that he's with. And I think what he's doing is just he's doing the best he can in the meantime 
And so it's just constantly creating future problems mm-hmm. to try to solve current problems. Well, Fear the Walking Dead is on Sunday nights on AMC. Your next show this week is Cinemax's Outcast. After getting stabbed in the gut and plummeting two stories, Kyle's brought to the ER after fighting the sky that was Chief <laughs> Giles. He dies on the operating table and then goes to a whole other place. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do you want to see some sort of crossover where now Kyle has to deal with Hitler and Eugene and bureaucratic <laughs> Satan? Oh, absolutely, I want to watch that. That sounds awesome. We also just recently uh, proposed that we were crossing over Winona Earp and Preacher. So if we could have some sort of like Shared shushy universe. universe. Yeah, verse. <laughs> yeah, I was going to call it the Preacher verse, but the shushy verse like is shushy way verse. better. We call it the non Berlanti verse. Yeah. Oh, it's every it's show is either Berlanti or non. Oh, I love that idea. I'm down for that show. I, this is. Every week when the last two weeks I haven't been able to watch this show and the recaps make it sound kick-ass and awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I like the show. This is a good show. It does fun things. Outcast is on Cinemax on Sunday nights. Your next show is Luke Cage. On the 10th episode of Luke Cage, Mariah has officially lost her marbles and is running around the city slapping motherfuckers while screaming <laughs> Dillard and Stokes over and over again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Danny Rand finally makes his appearance as he convinces Luke to drop everything and chase after some herbs or something. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you this. Did we just watch a Netflix backdoor pilot? Uh, for Here's for Hire? Yeah. Or for Dillard and Stokes Slapathon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he counts as a backdoor pilot if you're going to include the main character as well. Yeah. But I feel like they're, they've got third season in mind. I, ha- having watched this episode and not addressing your question, I just <laughs> have uh, Danny Rand, what is his policy on stillness? I, I just I the show did not make it very clear. Does he does he like stillness? Does he not like stillness? According to the his his season, yeah, as still as possible for thirteen episodes <laughs> straight. But he must have said like ten different times in the show, stillness is power. Okay, dude, we get it. Like move he on. He just hates sparkling water, and he, if he <laughs> says it enough, he'll never have Who to drink it again. Who hates sparkling water? Danny Monsters. Ranch. He, he just. I said. think yeah, and I also like if if fuck Luke Cage season three, Iron Fist season three. If this, we just get this evolving world so they can keep switching up what they're doing because mm-hmm. we don't need a Defender season two. But if it's always crossing over, that'll be more of a shared universe than anything else. I have like, to say, though, having watched the episode, I don't want to see the, the two of them do. do anything. Luke, like, Danny Rand brings Luke Cage down. They just, they don't seem to have a lot of connection. Luke Cage says to Danny Rand, you know, money is power. And Danny Rand, who is a billionaire, is like, well, I don't like to think of it that way. Shut up. Come on, dude. You have a billion dollars. Luke Cage went up for a high five and Danny Rand kissed his hand. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, the, the, it was like a point line. He's like, you're... Shiny fist is the least powerful thing about you. Uh-huh. And then by the end, Danny, like, he does it flipply, but he realizes. He's like, oh, yeah, I could just buy buildings and then burn them to the ground. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> the last scene was the closest uh, we got, I think, to the potential banter. Uh-huh. And it wasn't even that great. Like, uh, it was fine. Post-warehouse fight? In the restaurant, or- yeah. They had a sort of oh, back yeah. and forth. I, I liked the restaurant. But, yeah, I was excited. The warehouse fight. We got a fucking fastball special. Like, yeah. it was dope. A couple of them. They did a couple of, 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 of like, team move yeah okay what about the stokes shooting up the uh jamaican restaurant did anybody the citizens feel- like just the normal citizens yeah. right that was too much right like brutal. well yeah it was that too was much like upsetting shades. shades cried yeah because he watched <laughs> innocent people die and shades we've been told is very tough uh but he <laughs> he he cried because he saw these innocent people die because that counter lady was very nice to him and because Mariah put up the Biggie One Crown poster, so now he's out as the king. <laughs> but Shades also, they burned a dude alive. Yeah, that's too much. I really that that was upsetting. Also, in an in an era of mass shootings, 
it I think it gets to be a little much when you have that amount of uh-huh. just civilians being gunned down and you go to exterior shots to where you just see the lights and yeah, hear the it's, popping. It's- it, it's just, it, I don't know, too upsetting but for it, me. It's pretty brutal, but Shades and then Sugar's growing a conscience. The the bodyguard who's like, I'm out. This yeah. is insane. And the guy holds a gun. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. I cannot do this. Like, that is pretty interesting. Do you guys have moments of the week? I do have a moment of the week. Uh, the, when the two of them, Danny and Luke Cage, are, like, meditating together. I don't know if you've ever meditated with somebody, but Luke Cage's reaction of just constantly, like, looking over to see what's up, that's what you do. Like, are we done with this? Are we done? No, you're still going? Okay, fine. Are you done now? Okay, you're still going? Fine. Uh, the fastball special was great, but it was the the uh, the patty cake thing where... Oh, yeah, that was so fun. Oh, cool. dude, that they was rad. They hands together and just everybody... Like, there was 40 guys in there, uh-huh. all gone. Uh, if if it can't be that, it has to be Bailey, the white cop, who looks so upset that he can't eat his fucking bagel because he go- has to go deal with his partner's betrayal of the whole force. He just like stares at it like, ah, that's a portable meal, man. Bring that shit with you. I white n- cops be bageling. I never want to see anything about those cops on that show ever again. I know I'm going to have to because that's a major part of it. I'm so bored of the cops on this show. Mariah Dillard is helping you out. Yeah. She's just knocking <laughs> She's it down eliminating. one by one. <laughs> All right. Luke Cage is on Netflix. You can watch it anytime, but we're watching a week by week continue to watch it with us it's a pretty good season you guys this week on a summertime christmas winona erp town finally kicks into bullshar finding gear after a kid disappears right in front of a traumatized nedley the crew bands together to track down where bullshar is keeping the descendants of the old purgatory families and with the help of winona's new hot fireman boy toy she rescues women and children and jeremy's new boy toy but not without hurting doc's feelings (laughs) meanwhile waverly finds more information about her angel dad from bobo and doc is a vampire now Gentlemen, I ask you this. Doc's a vampire now? Did this make up for the Hoover death? Oh, man. It so did. Okay. Now we have another one. I had a question about this. Is he really a vampire? What was with his eyes at the end? Like, when she's biting him, when Contessa, my new girlfriend, is biting him, like, why did his eyes turn that color? Is that a vampire color? Does that mean he's a demon? Or that's really Doll's color, isn't it? Oh, is it? I thought it was letting yeah. us know that he's a vampire now. Okay. I thought it was maybe, like, that there was a switcheroo that, like, not real Doc it went to that's i i couldn't quite figure out if it was that's just the uh like if that's the dolls thing that like he has a dolls thing going on or if that was just he's a vampire now but we didn't want to pay for a new special effect and we yeah. already had these in the can okay so i i assume it's that one. i i think it was that one i'm very ex- I, I took it as he's a vampire now i'm very excited to see what it is though because no matter what it's going to be cool but the oh, coolest yeah. thing definitely would be Doc's a vampire yeah. now. Doc's a vampire now. So that's happening. And it's also crazy that vampire is what makes him mortal. And she warns. She's like, I don't know if I want to do this because now you can die. And he's like, I don't fuck. Let's do this Let's shit. Let's do it, man. I did really enjoy because this is even going to elevate the thing that this show can keep doing. They could do it every episode and it would still work every time of bringing a new person into their uh-huh. group. And then just having that person watch them discuss things that are uh-huh. very normal for the show. And it's just crazy. She's like, yeah, so I my like demon baby daddy has a vampire girlfriend who's like cool, he's cool, married. Cool, 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 yeah. So yeah, cool, okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. I'm, a, I'm a fireman. How do we feel <laughs> how do we feel about this guy? You think this is a, a keeper or do we trust him? I I don't know. He seems very this dude gonna get fridged. Like uh, yeah, I don't want him to be around. And right. he's not going to be. She's gonna Go out with him and bone him a couple times, and he's gonna die. And or he's, he's just a betrayer. He's just a thin firefighter, right? Like no yeah. powers, no monster, no nothing. No, no you're not special ju- gun. I, to ladies, you're not just a firefighter. I do like other than Nedley, like civ- like civilian normal people don't know this town's fucked up. Even though this town's obviously fucked up, he's the first guy who's like, 
like they're saying things. She's like, you're not surprised. He's like, well, I've lived here. Like this yeah, is a crazy yeah. ass town. It's like that episode, the graduation episode of Buffy, where the entire senior class is like, motherfucker, we know what's going <laughs> yeah. on. Because how could you not? Eventually. Except for the one stoner kid. Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> I, for me, an important part of all these shows is having a crush on somebody while I watch it because that really keeps me invested. This contestant, you guys. This is, I know I said that my new sexy smart Riddler was Cassidy. My new Cassidy is Contessa. I think <laughs> when it's vampires, around. it's twice as powerful. I find it ridiculous to have it anybody be anybody but Vampire Doc or uh, Waverly's Christmas Dance. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That, th- those are the two in contention. You guys remember when Greg, the first episode, like he, we were talking about Waverly and he was like, well, well, how does she compare? Does she ever do a dance in a cheerleader <laughs> outfit? And we were like, yes, all the time. <laughs> Wait for it, bud. <laughs> Now, now he knows. Like every three episodes, Waverly has to either do a lounge song or she has to get into a an outfit and do a dance. And this was a combo because I she sang the song like everybody would know it, and I was like, "This isn't a Christmas. I don't know what the fuck song this is." And I'm like, "Let's go to the soundtrack. Oh, it's a real song. See, it's on the soundtrack." A a bit that I really enjoy is Winona being jealous of Doc's wife, and when they went to her house. She lights a match and is lighting a lamp, and Winona looks behind her and finds a like a, an electrical lamp. And is like, and just <laughs> cl- clicks it on. And she's like, I can do it too, and sits down. A plus, or the a, way she a takes a step moment. into the house. I can enter places without yeah, having to yeah. be invited in. Oh, it, like they are in the middle of trying to find a missing child who has been abducted by a cult that they know murders people ruthlessly, <laughs> and she still has time to be like, I'm gonna rub this into my boyfriend's wife's face. <laughs> There's there's so many good Winona moments that she gave Charlie shit. She, what, they killed everybody to a badass Jingle Bell remix, and she's like, I needed some one-liners help. I was doing it all alone. Where were you with that? Um, real quick, I can't believe that I would ever miss Nedley. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think that would ever happen. And I think that he took it maybe a little too hard, but I also think everybody else that wasn't Nedley like, let him off the hook way too easy. Yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. Kid got abducted on your watch, probably being murdered by a cult. It's fine. It Literally to right all of us. Of you. He did take that like an appropriate amount. He was just like, uh, a, a kid got abducted and there's blood everywhere, and I, I don't know what to do. But like, then he did say that he went home and watched what was it, Big Little Lies? Yeah, uh, Pretty Little Lies. <laughs> pretty, pretty Little, little Lies. He pinch watched an entire season. But oh. man, as the sheriff of Purgatory, he's walking out with house money. Like, to just retire alive oh, man. Oh, yeah. as a human, that yeah. is incredible. Do you move out of the Ghost River Triangle or do you just stay well, I mean, in chill? Can you? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know the rules. Can it's any of these people leave this area? I've yet to see evidence of it. Like, other than, like, the guy who took away the baby for plot reasons. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't oh, think helicopter? In, yeah, I don't think anyone else can leave this town. The whole show started with Winona coming back after years. I mean, On a yeah. bus. Huh, she is one of us. No, no, on a bus. <laughs> oh, yes. She do you guys have moments of the week? I do. Uh, uh, when they're getting ready for Christmas dinner, Waverly says she's not going to eat turkey. She says, I'm a vegan. And the mom says, you're already a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> All the pregnant meaning behind that. Like, just, I can accept, like, I have to accept you're being a lesbian. And you see it happen, like, the episode before uh-huh. when she finds out. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. But vegan, it's too far. It's too far for moms. I thought Michelle owned this episode because she... Did that awesome thing. I'll say changing out the angel and putting the tampon angel yeah. would be my moment of the week. Mester Angel. She Menster Angel. And then uh she's learning, she's being a mom, and then immediately runs to Bobo and lets him out. Yeah. Just like yeah. jumps in the car and drives I'm away. Do my own thing. Uh I'm gonna have a tie. They're both Winona moments. It's uh, the one liner, Charlie Fire Services, and she just goes, That's your last name? Mm. <laughs> and then just the amount of swagger she has in the first scene, she puts on the onesie, looks herself in the mirror and goes, Sup. <laughs> and just like dances through the house and is 
Oh, it's so good. Oh, that was great. Uh, I have. I'm gonna take a Winona moment and a Jeremy moment. The Winona moment is uh, her getting angry and saying, "We do not talk about Helen Mirren that way." Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. And then uh, the Jeremy moment was when they're like, "Who's Bullshire?" And he goes, "Bullshire, huge dick." <laughs> 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 and they left that pause just so perfectly. Yeah, I love the show. Okay, Robin and Jeremy make out. But Robin's been kidnapped for like a week. He has not brushed his teeth at all. Oh, no. That's uh, and also, full, full face is ma- covered with green slime. Green yeah. slime. Don't that, kiss that face he's yet. He's full of that mask juice. He looks like you just watched out of a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> Take a shower before you make out with people. All right. Winona Earp is on Friday nights on Sci-Fi. That is it for the shows this week. If you love this show, you should go check out the more of the stuff that we do. You can get all of the podcasts that we do on yourpopfilter.com. It is the thing that brings you all of this wonderful content. And you should go there for all of our podcasts and other content if you want to help us out a little bit more financially and you don't want to subscribe to the patreon which you should do you can also passively get help us out by going to yourpopfilter.com slash amazon and it's just like your regular amazon that we all use but it takes money away from jeff bezos because he's got too much money and it gives a little bit of that to us and it doesn't change the price at all for you so it's just very easy for you just please do that and it would help us out a lot and just to be clear we all use our own amazon we don't all use your Amazon. Like, no. listener, we're not jumping yeah. in on yours. I mean, if you want us to, that might be a Patreon thing that we can... Yeah, we pretty supportive. Up. Email us your Amazon login. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com and search Your Pop Filter. There are clips of our various shows that are set to wonderful video arrangements, and our wonderful Greg does a fantastic job of putting those together. Why, thank you. They are one of my favorite things, and I love sending them to all of my friends, and I assume that at least some of them watch them. <laughs> Or they're not your friends. That's true. I'm very self-conscious about that all the time. (laughs) If you want to be even more of our friends, the way that I get friends, is social media. You can go to Twitter.com and go find at YourPopFilter. We tweet from there all the time. We have a lot of great content and great jokes. So you should follow us for news and jokes, and it's a lot of fun on there. I follow us, and I really enjoy a lot of our tweets. You can also go to Facebook.com slash YourPopFilter, and that is a place where you can also interact with us in ways Way to sell it yeah it, you know facebook we're mad at facebook let's be real maybe they can redeem it but for now we're mad at facebook if you want to send us messages in a more long-form format taylor's out of batteries yeah. mike you want to take this one Contact at yourpotfilter.com. If you think this host is doing fine, let us know. If you think we should kill him, a la Jason Todd, let us know. Contact at yourpotfilter.com. You can also give us a little ring a ding ding at 1562 <laughs> DRDJ POP. That's 1562 Dr. DJ Pop. He's a robot associate. He will relay your voice and put it on this very show. Greg, one of his hands is a beer bottle, and his other hand is a mistletoe. That's 1562 Dr. <laughs> DJ Pop. And I'm back. I'm back on top. Uh, somebody stop me. <laughs> I wish we could. That's it for the show. But next week, we're going to be talking about why Nona. Oh, yeah. It's a show that we all love so stay tuned for that to be an entire 30 minute segment for <laughs> Greg I'm Mike for Mike I'm Ryan for Ryan I'm Taylor for Taylor I'm Greg for Greg we are the world and we love you and thank you so much sincerely from the depths of our hearts for listening to this episode and we made it specifically for you listener whoever your name is wherever you are it's just I want you to imagine we made this for you and put it right in your little ears and we want you to love every little moment and bit of love that we put into it for you we're like a Build-A-Bear workshop for audio content just for you. We love you. So now I can stop it? You can stop it! 